before we get kind of given the chance to spectacularly fail, we're just going to self-select something else. We're going to go find some other thing to start again. This is the Doing It Online podcast with your host, serial entrepreneur, six and seven figure funnel strategist and super nerd, Kate McKibben where every week we're here talking nerdy and sharing the things that actually work to help you do what you do online, but better, easier, and with a ton more profit too. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, hello, guys. It is Kate here from hellofunnels.co. Thank you so much for joining me today on episode number 58. How did that happen of the Doing It Online podcast? So today we are going to have a little bit tough love. So I hope you're ready for it. But remember, there's there's more love than tough. And I'm only saying it because I know that sometimes we need to hear these things to get unstuck and to move forward and to be able to take action and to be able to hit those goals that I know you so badly want to hit. So today is that. So I hope you're, if you're feeling a little bit maybe... (laughs) A little fragile today. Maybe this isn't the episode for you, but if you're needing a kick in the pants, that is what I'm here for. So today we're going to talk about the three most common mistakes I see people making that are stopping them from hitting their six-figure, seven-figure goals. And these are just universal across the board. See them again and again. These mistakes I made, guys. So I'm coming at them from a place of being there, done that, still sometimes do it. And I wanted to share them with you to help you to see those, to help you then have these tools so you can recognize when you are making these mistakes, when you are, you know, getting blocked and stuck on these things so you can keep moving forward, keep taking action and keep getting results. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I want to share something super, super exciting in case you've just been living under a rock and haven't seen it because the doors are open right now for our six-figure school, which is a amazing, action-packed six-day live online workshop, but those doors are only open for a couple of more days because everything kicks off on August 9th, Aussie time, which is August 8th for most other places. Now, we literally blew people's minds last time we ran this workshop. It was so much fun. I still get messages from people sharing the amazing results that they are continuing to get from implementing what we taught. Uh, So I'm so excited to be running it again and it's bigger and better than last time. Now, of course, it all kicks off, like I said, August 9th, Aussie time. So you don't have much time to go and grab your tickets, but head on over to hellofunnels.co forward slash school. Tickets are just $66, guys. And yes, that is just a play on the fact that it's a six-day, six-figure workshop. So that's why I went for 66. But it is one of the best value investments you can make in your business. It's going to change your business. It's going to be fun and it's live and it's going to kick off soon. So head to hellofunnels.co forward slash school, grab your ticket, hit pause, go do it now, and I will see you inside. Done that? Awesome. Let's dive into today's episode. As I said, today is a tough love time, but 100% meant with more love than tough. So let's start, let's dive on in. Let's start talking about what are these three common mistakes that I see happening again and again. And if you make one of these guys, if one of these you kind of go, oh, guilty, you know, let me know. Make sure you tag me at Hello Funnels over on Instagram. Let me know if this is something that you have done. Because like I said, we all do it. There's no shame here. It's just about being able to recognize it from now and having that this new, hopefully, new ability for you and this new tool so that it doesn't keep you stuck any longer. 
So number one is using, is the shiny new marketing tactic syndrome. So I'm sure you guys all heard of of shiny new objects, right? And, And that's when... And again, this is something that I was really, really, <laughs> really super guilty of doing. But it's when, you know, you kind of end up jumping around from new idea to new idea to new idea to new idea. Now, the problem with this is that what it actually is doing, this is, this is actually a self-sabotaging behavior. You may not realize this, but it is. This is something coming from deep down in your subconscious where it's, you know, you're getting to, and let me backtrack a little bit. And when this usually happens, when is when people have, they've heard about a new idea or a new, like I said, strategy or tactic or a new something or other, new business model. And they're like, that sounds great. That sounds like it's going to work for me. That sounds like it's going to you know, be the thing that's going to help me with my business. I'm going to give that a try. So, you know, whether they DIY it or they go and invest in some mentoring or in a course, whatever it is, and you dive in headfirst, super excited. This is going to be the thing. Like, you, you know, you're so pumped about this new shiny thing. But as with anything that is going to have any impact on your business, it doesn't happen overnight, right? So you may have been, you know, slogging away for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months, and you normally get to a point where you're like, oh, I thought it would be faster than this. Why, why aren't I getting results yet? Why didn't this happen overnight? Like, and you may not be thinking even that, obviously, but it sort of gets to a point where it gets a bit hard or a bit slow and the doubts creep in. You're like, oh, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe this is all BS. Maybe this person lied to me. Maybe this isn't right for me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Like all of these little things start to show up. These little voices start popping up, like nod along. I'm, I can feel the nods. You agree. And that is when, like I said, your subconscious goes, oh, this doesn't feel safe. This feels like this feels risky. This feels like we've you know we've stuck our neck out and it, it's not going to work. And before we get kind of given the chance to spectacularly fail, we're just going to self-select something else. We're going to go find some other thing to start again. And that's when all of a sudden you'll start noticing this, you know. And I, I don't know if your subconscious is directly tapped into the algorithm or not, although it does sort of seem to be that way. And <laughs> that's when you'll start seeing more and more ads for this new thing, this new thing promising to be the thing to change everything. And you go, well, this thing didn't work. So I'm going to try that new thing. And and you jump away. And it's just like, it's a protective behavior. It's protecting you from disappointment. It's, you know, like we know, I can understand why our subconscious does this, right? But the problem is, is it's actually really in the long run, it's doing the opposite. Because every time you, you do this, you go through this cycle of seeing a new thing going, yep, this is for me, getting a few steps down the path and then being distracted by the new thing, all that's actually doing is it's taking you away from mastering this tactic, strategy, business model, whatever it is, that could be something that you previously thought would be great for you. Because none, all of these things, they take a bit of time and they usually take a bit more time than we expected, even when they're done you know, to the letter. And, by, and, and it's in that phase of the waiting of the, you know, of the waiting for the momentum to come, of the things to happen, of the, you know, the pieces to be in place where, you know, we do start to have those doubts and we do start to, like I said, to self-sabotage and we get distracted by other things. But on it's on the other side of that period, that scary period of uncertainty that the sales come, that the momentum comes, that the good stuff comes because you have to take that time. You have to spend a bit of time trying, testing, failing, improving to master any strategy, any business model, you can't get past that. 
you're going to that next shiny thing is not going to necessarily mean that you get to skip that. Now, sometimes, again, caveat, sometimes a strategy you did choose just wasn't right for you. And you get into there and, and you realize that. And that's why I always, when I'm working with clients, the very first thing we do is we sit down and we go, right, like for your business to be the right business for you and to work for you, what does it need to do? And okay, look, what strategies are therefore going to work? And therefore are the ones you, I know is going to be best for you to invest your time and energy into, because you don't want to be, you know, it's very different from having like I said, shiny new tactic syndrome is not the same thing as realizing, oh gosh, hang on a second. I I hate showing up and doing sales calls. And I've kind of, this strategy involves needs. I need to do sales calls all the time. This isn't right for me. I'm going to find something else. Those are different. But if you, like I said, not along, I'll feel it. (laughs) If you have been guilty of before, not allowing the time, not in feeling so uncomfortable and so unsafe and so, yes, scared, we can all say it, in that period where things aren't just an overnight success and going and going, right, this doesn't work. It's easier for me. Like it feels easier to just go and do a whole nother thing because actually repeating the cycle again and again, like it's not like anyone does it once. People do this over and over and over and they do it for years and it keeps you stuck in this beginner phase. And the beginner phase is the I'm not making enough money phase. It's the I don't have any systems in place. I don't have anyone to, I don't have a team to support me because that stuff all comes with mastery. And mastery comes with time and practice and getting shit wrong. Like I said, number one thing, like I, I could even get rid of the other two because this is the thing that, you know, I, that unless you can get a handle on it and it shows up in, in different ways for different people, but I would say most people who have been trying to, achieve something for a while, a particular outcome for a while and haven't would be guilty of this unless you can get a handle, unless you can start recognizing when you do it and can start to talk yourself down off that shiny new ledge, you're not going to move forward in any kind of, you know, with any kind of momentum or or speed. You just actually, every time you do this, you're taking steps backwards. So even if that is the voice that pops into your head when you're like, oh, this feels hard. It's taking too long. Ooh, shiny thing. If you can hear I, I don't know why you'd want to be <laughs> my lovely nasal Aussie tones saying, hey, 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 that's a shiny thing. Do you, is this really going to be helpful to you? Hopefully, like just even taking that minute to pause and to look at it a bit more objectively and think, is this what I'm doing? Is it because I'm scared that I'm doing this or is it because it's actually a better idea? Hopefully that is going to help you because that is my intention of this whole episode. So that's number one. Uh, number two is treating your business like a hobby and not a business. Because if you treat your business like a hobby, it will always remain a hobby. You got you to put on the big girl or big boy pants and you got to treat it like a business from day one if that is what you want it to be. So the way I see this showing up for people is, is lots of different ways. One really interesting one is not telling anybody that you know, you've started your business. Keeping it a secret. Because that, again, it's just that, ah, oh, if it doesn't work out, I don't want anyone to know. It'd be so embarrassing. You have to stick your, you know, stick your flag in the ground and say, I'm doing this. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, that happens. If you have to change, that happens. If people, if these are people in your life who love you and care about you, they're going to be fine with it. But you have to tell the people who are important to you the people who are going to need to know why you are no longer available on weekends and why, you know, the people you're going to need to, to be there in your corner and to support you, you have to tell them this is what you're doing. Don't pretend you're not doing it. Like be proud of it. 
Because if you don't do that, if you don't sort of go out there and publicly declare it, at least to some people, then it's far too easy when it does get a little bit hard to be like, oh, maybe I just won't do that anymore. And if this is something that you truly, truly wanted to do, that's such a shame. So, you know, don't give yourself that easy out. Make it so that it would be damn uncomfortable and embarrassing for you to, to give up. Because that's kind of the point of the public declaration, right? And, and, and having these people hold you a bit accountable. The other thing is not carving out set time. Like just trying to fit it in around the other things in your life. Like if this is a priority to you, if this is something that is important, if this is something that you really, really want, you ha- it has to be in your calendar. It has to be a non-negotiable. You got to sit down. Like I said, this is why it helps if your loved ones know what you're doing and go, all right, well, I'm going to need at least 15, maybe probably more hours a week to do this. Where can I put them in? Is it that you're getting up a couple of extra hours earlier every morning to do some stuff? Is it you're blocking out a couple of afternoons a week? Is it that Sundays are your time and asking your partners to get a kid out of the house? Like everyone's situation is different. And if you have kids, don't have kids, have partners, don't you? But you have to sit down again and go, this is important to me. I have to make the time. The time never just appears. You have to make it and I have to commit to it. It has to be a non-negotiable. So it has to be in your calendar. You've got to have those discussions with those people around you who are going to support you to be able to do this. And if you don't, then you're going to be, it's the, the time you spend on this is the time that's going to be up for negotiation always. So when things get busy, which they always do, have you ever had a week where you're like, wow, I've got so much time. Like no one has those anymore. And that the thing that you're going to start sacrificing is this, is your business. And then that's when you know that it's, it's not a business, it's, it's a hobby, right? The third way this shows up is when people just refuse to invest in their business. And the, the craziest thing about that is people will invest in their hobbies. Like even if you were just a runner, like running is free, but how much do you spend on shoes and like fancy Lululemon tights and water bottles and electrolytes and supplements and, and you know, going on fun runs and things like that. Like that's a hobby. It still costs most people hundreds of dollars a year, if not more, depending on how hardcore you are about it. So you have to expect that your business is going to do the same. And I'm not saying go out there and spend money you don't have, but I think it's really good practice to sit down and go, okay, well, what is a budget I can have for my business? Like every month, maybe you have a spit. I would recommend that you do have a bank account, even if it's not a business bank account, it's just an extra personal little transaction account. Every time you get paid with your existing job, you put a bit into your business bank account. So you have a budget to spend on your business. So that will allow you to invest in some good software. You know, I'm all about that, but you know, stuff that's going to make your business more professional, that's going to give a better experience to your customers, that's going to make, save you so much time. It's going to allow you when the opportunity comes up to invest in learning or in mentoring or in going to events where you're going to be able to network and connect with people. But you have to, again, say, this is a business to, uh, for a business to grow, it requires investment. And I think a lot of people have, again, this story in their head where they're like, oh, I'll invest in my business when it starts to make money, but it's, that's the wrong way around. Your business will start to make money a lot quicker if you invest in it. And again, like I said, don't bankrupt yourself, sit down, figure out a budget that's going to work for you. Never spend money you don't have. I'm not one of those people who ever is like, oh, go get a credit card to make your dreams come true. That's, I think, irresponsible. But you have to start getting into this habit of looking at when you do like add tools, add, you know, getting a VA, even if you don't have a lot of time to help you out, like five, 10 hours um, here or there, you know, all that stuff is only going to be able to happen. You're only going to feel good about it. Even if you are pre-revenue, 
when you uh, have a budget set aside and you go, this is money I can spend on my business and feel good investing in my business. It's a whole, it really, really flips how you see that money that you're spending. It's not coming out of your personal spending. It is your money for your business and you then find the best way to spend it, the best way to invest it in your business so that you're going to get a return. And whether that is, like I said, making your life easier, making your business more professional, helping you to you know, skip years and years ahead by getting mentors, by learn training, all that kind of stuff. All of those things are required to grow a business and they all do require money as well. So the third thing that I see, and I'll try and keep this one short, <laughs> that I, I do really see tripping people up and keeping them stuck. And, and it's more it keeps them stuck because it sends them off into a bit of a self-doubt spiral and it just is too much stress is basically when you put too much pressure on your new business. So like I said, I, I want you to treat your business like a business, but I don't want you to go, well, if it hasn't made me six figures in the first 12 months, it's no good. Or I, you know, I don't, I never encourage people to quit their day job to go and start going all in on, on a business that's untested and unproven and that isn't making them any money. Uh, you know, if you add a point in your life and you're like, I really need some extra income, usually going, hey, the best way for me to do that is to go and start a business isn't actually the best way for most people to do that. And quite often, and this isn't for everyone, some people thrive under the pressure. And if you're one of those humans, then completely disregard everything I'm saying. I would say for most people, actually, when you have that pressure of that, this has to work. This has to work right now in a really short period of time. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to be able to, you know, pay my rent, like things like that. That kind of pressure is completely counterintuitive to growing a new business, if it can be at all avoided. And that's why I even encourage people if they are in that position, it's like, hey, can you go and do some freelance work? Can you just quickly go and do some, you know, get a little part-time job on the side or something just to relieve that pressure temporarily? Because I find it is such a, the energy of that desperation is really makes it really, really hard for you to do and show up how you need to show up and for you to even be as creative as you need to be in these early phases. But like I said, some people are the opposite. Some people, they, you know, pressure causes diamonds. And that is, if that is you, then, you know, go give yourself all the pressure that you need to get moving. But most people aren't like that, or they aren't like that in the long term. Like after a few months, it, it starts to wear them down. And, and that's, not going to be, like I said, it's not conducive to you getting those pieces in place that you need, coming up with those ideas that you need, being able to show up how you need to be able to really grow your business. Those are my three, like I said, those are three most common mistakes I see people making again and again that, it, that just stop them in their tracks from getting any kind of momentum or making any kind of progress or getting the results that they, they really, really want. And if any of these resonated for you, or if you are at all serious about hitting six figures or beyond in the next 12 months and you love a real step-by-step plan to make it happen, then that is exactly what you walk you through inside our epic new six-day live workshop, The Six Figure School. And like I said before, it all kicks off August 9th, which is only a few days away. And inside it, I'm going to walk you through our, like I said, six days, it's hands-on, it's an intensive experience uh, and it's going to show exactly what you need to do to create, market, and sell your own six-figure plus online program in 2021. It's going to be super valuable. It's so much fun. I freaking loved running it last year. I can't wait to do it again. 
So grab all of the details, grab your ticket right now at hellofunnels.co forward slash school or the link is in the show notes. So click on over, grab it now and I'll see you all inside. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Doing It Online podcast. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And if you're ready to take your online course sales to the next level with your own six or seven figure funnel, let Kate show you exactly how today at stealmyfunnel.com.